on this week's edition of the Brotherly Love Eagles podcast. The end of the road. Standing right in front of me was a little boy waiting anxiously, pacing round like little boys do, and in his hands he held a pair of shoes, and his clothes were worn and old, he was dirty from head to toe. Hello. Oh, you did it. I said awake, kind of. Five minutes into this, you're just going to be like, I think that <laughs> if I had to spin. <laughs> no joke. I already fell asleep on the couch. And... So did I. It was amazing. <laughs> a nice cat nap. <laughs> so I do this every night. <laughs> yeah. It's Survivor Night. I haven't watched it yet. I know. I literally just started it before Matt texted, and I was like, "God damn it!" Do you usually watch it on DVR on Thursday? I either watch it on DVR on Thursday, or if I have energy, I'll start it Wednesday night if I'm feeling crazy. Look at me go, feeling wild. (laughs) I'm feeling wild. Eleven. Awake! Oh my god, we had one of Brian's upteen um, holiday parties the other weekend. Oh, and multiples. There's two. Like a sub sub party and a grand party. Yeah, but the sub party was still huge. And they have a bounce house. <laughs> no, it was actually like a little disappointing for for Lagoogs, but. Anyway, we we left at 10.30 and got home at 11, and I was like, I don't know how I've ever stayed awake this late, ever. <laughs> don't, you, don't you find also that even if you get ha- get home at what sounds like a reasonable hour, just being outside just, just destroys you? <laughs> totally. <laughs> I know it's only 10.30, but we were outside. Well, they didn't have any fucking chairs anywhere. Uh, so uh, you were standing for like three hours and they had all this food that you're supposed to eat with a fork and knife and nowhere to sit. Huh. What are we talking about? The Google, talking. the Google sub holiday party. Yeah. Wait, there's a holiday sub party. holiday party and then an um, extravaganza on Saturday. Yeah. So they had a party two weeks ago for just finance, which was still thousands of people. And then there's the, platforms and ecosystems party which is like the bigger group <laughs> I, thought, I thought publicly traded companies couldn't have obnoxious parties anymore of course they can I, I guess google didn't get the memo but i was saying how it was so like the uh, this is the greg graham and me they clearly didn't think about the logistics no i heard you knife and fork and we're standing yeah we're standing and i'm fucking pregnant and there was nowhere to sit for hours my back was killing me I'm sure if you've been like, I'm pregnant, there have been like 20 chairs with, for you in like within 30 seconds. Oh, no. there was It was pandemonium. It's a bit pretentious that they call it an ecosystem. It's just a play store. <laughs> oh, yeah. P&E. P&E. <laughs> How was your holiday party, man? We bowled on three lanes and we had uh, crappy uh, – I'm, I'm carved up ready. I had pizza <laughs> – 
<laughs> two giant chocolate chip cookies and two beers. So I'm I'm, so you, so I'm carb loaded. You went to a nine year old's birthday party. Is that what you did? See, at the company I work for, they don't have the Google money. So oh, uh, AT and T had a, like a cookie buffet on the first floor, <laughs> and, and we were, and we were allowed no plus one, and that was that was explicitly laid out. Yeah, yeah. strict instructions. <laughs> yeah, you bring a guest, and you're dead to us. hey i have a question before we start what is carson's mysterious injury back back huh i do i we can get into this in the podcast but i kind of feel like they're uh giving up no they're just making making it up to be like let's just shut them down for the year yeah they're giving up that's what i mean yeah no they're like Here's the worst case scenario. We should start the podcast, but here's the worst case scenario. All right, hello, welcome to the podcast. Here we go. <laughs> Foles wins the last three games because you guys make fun of me for being the Carson Wentz like killer, but I'm not like these trolls on on Twitter and all the social feeds that are like Foles is better. Like, imagine if Foles wins the last three games and they make the playoffs. <laughs> That'd be hilarious. Uh, I I think at that point half the city will call for them to to cut Carson after the season. <laughs> what is this his is this his last year of the rookie deal or did he sign an extension, Carson? No, you uh you you can the team can do a fourth year. Oh, they so can we, extend him. Yeah. For more money. Yeah. But not but not Kirk Cousins' money. No, it's still part of the rookie contract. Uh, I see. Yeah, no, I definitely, I think it's it's definitely a shut him down. We're giving up on the season move. Yeah, it seems that way, doesn't it? Or to your point, they feel like at this point it's like a coin flip. So we'll, might as well try it with Nikki Foles. No, I don't think they would do that to Wentz. It's just, it's just really weird. After he sent uh, tweeted out the the tweet yesterday of how like. I know this season hasn't gone like we wanted to, but I wouldn't go anywhere, you know, like without these guys or my boys. And it's like, he might be done this weekend for the year. That's just weird. Hmm. Well, okay. Let's say by some miracle, we beat the Rams on Sunday with Nikolai Foles. Do you, then do they bring him out of the woodwork? Cause then they just have to rattle off two more wins and they have a chance to get into the playoffs. It depends. If does Nick Foles play great, then they're like, "Oh no, he's done for the year." Well, presumably we have to win this game, like forty-seven to forty-five. I don't know. The Rams haven't looked that good. Golf looks human again. I guess. I guess it was in cold weather against the Bears, being warm weather. But the one thing, the second half of that game, the def- defensive line played well. So if they get to golf, he'll make dumb decisions. But yeah. I don't think any Eagles fan is like, oh my God, we're going to win our last three with Foles unless they're crazy Eagles fans. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And there's plenty of those around. Don't get me wrong. All right. Well, so since, you know, since Carson's shutting it down, Matt, I think, I think, you know, we, we want, Amanda and I, we wanted to give you the forum to just let it all out. <laughs> <laughs> Tell us how you really feel about Carson's season. It wasn't very good. It, it just wasn't very good, but I'm not. I'm fine, not, very good. Where, where do you where do you put him in the quarterback echelon? 
among of all Eagles the quarterbacks? No, the starters this season, just in the league. Middle of the road. Average. I, w- I would put him a, a slightly above average. Because here's the thing. You sent me the advanced metrics, and he was between Kirk Cousins and Russell Hustle, Bustle Wilson. At number 11. And you're going to be like, oh, this is rated injury, old man talk. But with QBs, it's two things. It's the eye test and win, win-loss win record. Those are only things – like when you see a quarterback, does that guy scare you? Those, And then what is their winning record? That's that's it. So I'll I'll put it back on you. So in the advanced metrics, you had him between Russell Hustle, Wilson, Wilson, and Kirk Cousins. Did Kirk Cousins scare you this season? Take away the game that they lost. I mean, because both teams we now know are mediocre. Does Kirk Cousins scare you this season? No. and But he, I guess he's between Kirk, who's not scary, who's a big nerd, and Russell Hustle Bustle, who's kind of scary but not terrifying. So... Yeah, I feel like you could, at times, Carson is dangerous when he's at his best. But yeah, on balance, he was good, but not. So, okay, so I disagree with you. I would say, I would slightly disagree with you. I would say, like, I would not want to play against Russell Wilson right now. Or, yeah, it's combined as a team with the Seahawks. They scored six points until the very end of the game. Yeah, Seattle's not not lighting the world on fire. Yeah, but fourth quarter, Russell Wilson, he scares you, right? Yeah, no, no. So that's what I'm saying. I think Carson has elements of the two. Not scary Kirkland and scary Russell Hustle Bustle, which I think is a fair assessment. Okay. So last year, Carson Wentz, every game of the year, scared the shit out of you if you're an opponent, correct? Yes. This year, name one game where, if you're the opponent, he scares you. Probably, probably, I would say his only signature game this year, actually, I think, was the Jacksonville game. That was where he made a few plays that were like, yeah, exceptional. He also threw a pretty nasty pick or two that game. He threw a pick to Jalen Mills on, or Jalen Ramsey on a ridiculous play by Jalen Ramsey. But he no, did, he did make no, it. That was a, absurd, the one in the first half was a terrible place. throw. I was there. I was there live. That was a terrible throw. So okay, let's say let's be generous. There's two times Carson Wentz has scared you this season. Second half against Jacksonville, which turned out to be a terrible team, and the fourth quarter against the Cowboys. Those are the only two times all year where Carson Wentz has looked like, oh my God, this guy is like a glimmer of his former self. Mm-hmm. Having said all that, do I still believe in him as a Car- uh, Carson Wentz as a franchise? Definitely believe TV? he's a Carson. Yeah, I believe that is his real name. Yeah, sorry, <laughs> <laughs> sorry, I'm getting animated. You know, I start stuttering when I get animated. <laughs> do I think he's a franchise QB for the Eagles? Of course I do. Do I think Amanda's being way too apologetic because he's ginger, just like his son, her son? Of course I do. I didn't say anything. Yes, you've been a Carson Wentz apologist all year because oh he's ginger. God. He's a fellow ginger, so now you have to be one of uh, the same. Excuse me. After the Jacksonville game, I was ripping into him as much as you were. Thank you very okay, much. Okay, one time all year. <laughs> anyway, I think this is the things, these are the things that happened. They rushed him back, and it's not anybody's fault. It's not the Eagles' fault. 
It's not Wentz's fault. They believed in modern day science, but it was a devastating knee injury. It wasn't just a clean tear. It was everything you read. It should have been a 12 month recovery. They should have shut him down for at least eight weeks. They didn't. They should have probably put him on the pup list. They didn't. This is all things that they should have done, but he was recovering at a nice rate. So, so everybody it, thought he was fine. That's the coaching staff's fault then. Well, it's a medical staff's fault as well, right? Yeah, the I'm saying it's the management or front office, whatever generalization. But it's the so, people managing the person. No, and it's also Wentz. Wentz has got to be honest with them. But players do this all the time. And then if you listen to the Rube Knows podcast with uh, his – the other guy that works, I can't Dave think of Zangaro. Name. Yeah, Dave Zangaro. He said Dave that Zangaro. He had talked to Carson Palmer, and he said the first time he tore his ACL, he came back too quickly. And if he had to do it all it over was again. two years. It was like yeah. two years before he felt right again. Exactly. Yeah, good point. So, so I think that's the biggest thing is that he rushed back, and then mechanics started getting sloppy, lost confidence, and then that's beca- that became the Carson Wentz season. Well, if, well, if what we do, you think any of this over the last few games was he actually was a little bit hurt? If they are shutting him down and there's something up with his back, or it's just that's a cover story for. I think it might be knee soreness. Just get back, like his knees just getting sore, and like they know his mechanics are sloppy, and it's like, dude, let's just start anew in year th- in year four. Mm. Because what's the back injury? Like, it's just like, they're not saying, like, there's like, something's wrong with his back. Like, what does that mean? Yeah, Dale, Dale threw out her back working at Keystone Tax Bureau. <laughs> Anyone could do that. <laughs> yeah, so in the final analysis, I don't think the advanced metrics are too far off. You would put him at like a solid number 15. They have him at 11. Uh, you know, he's not in the top 10 where they, you know, obviously Mahomes and Breeze are. You know, no, but I would, I think it's, I think every year there's about five elite quarterbacks and then it drops off significantly for that year. Like you told me Ben Roethlisberger with those advanced stats, Ben Roethlisberger has a very average year. Like I wouldn't say Ben Roethlisberger has been that much better than Wentz, maybe a little bit better. So and, he's, the, he's in the, uh, he doesn't scare me camp. This season, no. And Matt Ryan, hell's no. What about what about J. Rod Goff? Is he, uh, does the he first consideration for elite this year, or do you think it's just the scheme? The scheme, yeah. Because after the Bears game, that was an abomination. Oh, uh, as we see, see with like the Kirk Cousins of the world, the Jared Goffs of the world, when it gets cold and you don't have that rocket arm. That's when you you can tell if these guys are really good or not because if you don't have the rocket arm, you got to be like Breeze or Brady or any of these guys that are extremely accurate. But even them, like the Saints are going to be unbeatable in the dome. So if they win out, chances of them not making the Super Bowl are very slim. But -hmm. if they have to go on the road, it's a completely different ball game. Yeah. Yeah. So Amanda, I assume, is asleep. (laughs) <laughs> i'm awake kind of <laughs> so amanda what do you as you reflect we're just assuming the season's over yeah um pretty much give us give us your your year in review thoughts and questions 
going in to next year? Well, as much as Matt was giving me shit for being too much of an apologist for Carson, which I protest. For the record, there's we are the apologists and Matt Matt is the hater. Can we can we also for the record say the biggest fight that a man and I ever got in was over Dominic McNabb and how he was overrated and a choke artist all the time. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I'm get, beginning to think that maybe you and Donovan had a love affair, <laughs> and that's why you, you forget about and the then first Donovan like cheated on you with Carson. you forget about the first <laughs> like the rise to like NFC Championship games. Like he did amazing things to get us there. But go ahead, and then choked every time oh. except for once, and then choked. Andy Reid, Andy Reid had a lot to uh, to do with that too. <laughs> Anywho. Um, but no, do you th- I, Amanda, do you think it's a platforms and ecosystems problem? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, exactly. I think there's a lot of. Do you think who do you think would be more invited to the Google Christmas party, <laughs> Don McNabb or Carson Wentz? <laughs> oh, Carson, all the way. <laughs> uh, but no, I agree. The Carson season was disappointing. He had moments where he looked like his old self, but he, the turnovers were you know, made him not elite as Matt would say. And I think you're right, Matt. I think uh, I'm sure the injury had a lot to do with that. And by that, the injury, I mean the knee injury, not this mysterious back injury. And if I can say from my own experience, which which is obviously the same as Carson's, but I will say when I tore my meniscus, which is totally the same as tearing your ACL, um, but I, I do think, like, the doctors told me that I could run, like, you know, it was, like, three months or whatever after the surgery. And I don't think my meniscus felt right again for, like, another year or so. And that's just a meniscus. So I can't imagine what it's like with an ACL. What well, is ACL and MCL. Yeah, exactly. Really bad tear. Yeah, and some other CL that I had never heard of, like LCL or something. Oh, maybe moment. that's what it was. It was yeah. one they say is, like, extremely bad. Yeah. So I think that was obviously a big storyline. I mean, the other thing was the defense was not what it was last year. And I don't know if that boils down to, I mean, I think it's a mixture of the shorts play calling. And then obviously our secondary was just, you know, annihilated towards the end of the season. So. Well, it's also playing from behind. And then you're like you said, your entire secondary being ruined. Yeah. Being on the field for 45 minutes against Dallas doesn't help. Exactly. They play. I was really proud of the Eagles this week. They like they had no right to be anywhere close to tying that game at the end. And then to come back from that stupid, terrible call to open the game and that terrible, terrible, terrible call on the offensive PI to send that game to overtime, like like that was like the first time all year I've been proud of them. Well, I think in many ways the the Cowboys game epitomized the season. Mm-hmm. It felt like every single game we inexplicably had a chance to win late in the game and gave up <laughs> devastatingly short. But I guess I feel like, and I think I said this on another one we've done before. I feel like this season was just the opposite storyline. Every game of last season where last season we came out early, scored points early and held on to a big lead. And this season it was, we were always starting off slow and playing behind, but to your point, we almost always were in it, except for the Saints game. We almost always still had a chance, even though we played like shit during the first half in almost every game. 
So well, early in the year, we were two and two. We easily could have been zero and four. Exactly. So I think there's you know like positives to glean, but it just felt like everything was a little off kilter. So I've been I've been uh, I've been reading a little bit. You know, I've been <laughs> digesting literature that's out there. I do think you know what's disappointing to me, and uh, it's ultimately a failure is. We have a short window before, which is one more year, before we have to pay Carson Carson $30 million a year. And I think in many ways it's a collective failure, despite the fact that Carson's still on his rookie deal. If this year felt like we just didn't have enough talent. I know we got savaged in the secondary with injuries, but we didn't have a receiver that was a deep threat. Our running backs were depleted we we're relying on josh adams who was good but he's not like a devastating running back so obviously doug had challenges with game planning because of that in some measure um but that's why i'm not that optimistic that next year will be a turnaround unless we we make a couple of key moves in free agency or we have a good draft because ultimately, I do think it's a collective failure of the organization this year. That is my take on 2018. Well, the, the young players, the young people, as Dale. <laughs> like Sidney Jones. Say, yeah, it's been instance. disappointing so far, but he's only 22. Um, Rasul Douglas had the game of his life, at least the first half of his life, and got unlucky at the end, but... You know, he was one of the guys who really stepped up. Malcolm Jenkins still played his heart out, but he's getting up there in age. So, yeah, there's, I mean, as we know, the NFL is a year-to-year league. And, you know, it's amazing to see what the Patriots have done. But to bring it to back to Amanda making fun of me, if you have a truly elite quarterback, <laughs> you can have off years and you can still replenish. But, again, to your point, how we – played all the right tricks with mostly, you know, small contracts to veterans, especially in the secondary mm-hmm. last year. Extensions. Yeah. Yep. Um, the Barnett and in, in, uh, Barnett injury hurt us this year on the def- defensive line. <laughs> I think he's still going to be a stud, but in the end, yeah, it, you know, like the draft's important. We, we had a waste of pick on the guy from San Diego state that got cut. He was the third mm-hmm. or fourth round pick the running back. Josh Sweat um, hasn't had an impact. Yeah, Josh Sweat, and he went out with a knee injury, and like that was, you know, but he was a fifth or sixth round pick. So I don't mm. like once you, but you gotta, you gotta nail one, two, three, and then half of fours. And, then and Nelson we, Aguilar regressed to the mean in a big way, seemingly. But he was always a, a slot receiver, and I also blame it on Carson. Like I was saying to you during the game, is that he looks at Ertz and he doesn't look off his first read, like. Those are his two things. Like, and when they finally started playing well, he started giving Alshon the ball with one on ones. Like, when Alshon's one on one, even when he's covered, you got to give him the ball because he uses his body. That's what he does. Mm-hmm. So, you know, I also blame Wentz, but I guess you know, yeah, there wasn't that speed threat uh, to open up the field for everybody else. So, and the problem is, is when they signed Tate, and I even said at the time, it's like, aren't they signing signing another slot receiver? That's what like Aguilar does. So. Yeah, yeah. kind of a free agency misfire. Yeah, so Cooper looks like the steal that they tried to get, but they were only willing to give up a second. 
and uh, Dallas was knocked for giving a first, but he's been a stud for them. So, and clearly of the offensive brain trust last year, De Filippo was not a big contributor because he's been fired. Um, you just never, you just never know. Like, you know, they say Minnesota's offensive line was terrible. They signed Kirk Cousins. It, it seems obvious to me that that wasn't much of an upgrade. So DeFilippo is, of course, going to take the blame, but you just, you know, and play calling for the first time. Same with Mike Rowe. I'm sure it's a steep learning curve when it's like you contribute to the game plan instead of actually putting the 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 calls down on the sheet and actually formulating a good game plan. So, you know, I think they just had the perfect mix because Grow, they always said, was a good wide receiver coach. They said DeFilippo is a great quarterback's coach. We now know that Frank Reich was a way bigger contributor than he was given credit for. And then you had Doug who put it all together and, you know, was the maestro. And this year he lost his brother in arms. So like, yeah, we're going to knock Doug and he deserves a huge part of the blame, but like him and Frank Reich were like boys and like, let's like, I mean, think about how the Patriots. Let's bro out and play, make play calls. No, but I'm saying oh. like they were they were both backup QBs for most of their career. And like I think they just you know, I think they were really like the yin to the yang. And then like look, Josh McDaniel took the job and then rescinded, and that's how that's the only reason we lost Frank Reich. Mm-hmm. Well, I yeah, to to your point about the the Rube Nose podcast, I do think you you know, the move to make in the offseason is you fire grow. And you you try to bring in a different mind into the offensive laboratory and see if that helps, along with trying to get some up, talent upgrades on Roseman's side. Yeah, you know it's Roseman and uh, his boy from the Ravens. I can't Joe something. Joe, what I can't think of his last name. Anyway, Joe Douglas, maybe. Anyway, like they've always been lauded for. Oh, look at what they did. Well, you know it's. You know, and they got us a Super Bowl. Like it was the perfect storm last year, but last year's draft is, you know, you you always give it three years time. The draft two years ago, you always give it three years time. There was some good picks in in and out, but like comprehensively, they might just be mediocre drafts at best. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And we well, gotta we gotta in the off season to your point from last week. Say goodbye to Jason Peters. Say thank you. Job well done. <laughs> um, we got to start putting in some fresh blood and see of who these guys can play. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's a tough one, guys. So now that we're all fired up, uh, what do you predict for the game against the Rams with Nikki Foles back in the saddle? Amanda. I think we're gonna lose. <laughs> give me, give me a score. Give me a margin of victory. Uh, I say the Rams win by fourteen. I said twenty-eight, fourteen Rams. Matt, that's a pretty good prediction, Amanda. I like that one. I think it's gonna be close for a while, but I think in the, in the end, the Rams will will pull ahead. But you know the Rams haven't played play well for two weeks in a row, but both of both those games are on the road. So, um, I think we lose thirty-five to ten. <laughs> yeah, it's, it's going to go forty-two to ten. I think it's not going to be close. <laughs> I think the Eagles always play better when they feel like they have something to prove. 
So I think. Oh, I, I, I think I, I think the opposite. I think. Yeah, man, you said that for the Saints game. <laughs> no, 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 no. I no, I didn't say they were gonna win because they had something to prove. I said they were gonna win just to fuck with us because it makes because, no sense. Because it makes no sense. Oh, we got fucked. <laughs> I, I mean, I don't think I could have predicted a fucking that bad. <laughs> <laughs> that was some Game of Thrones shit. The only. The only reverse psychology argument I can make for the Eagles winning is they they're just playing they're playing real relaxed because they have nothing to lose. Exactly. They showed me a lot of heart at the end of the game last week, so you never know. But it seems like this is a Rams statement game to be telling the NFL that you know relax, we're fine going to the playoffs. Mm-hmm. Yeah. All right. That's all I got. Should we talk about anything else? I have one other, what other one last thing to talk about. Who is your favorite Christmas artist? Britney Spears. <laughs> Hands down. Bing, uh, oh, there's a tie between. In sync for sure. But, oh, oh my God! I didn't even think of NSYNC. You guys in NSYNC. Speaking <laughs> of your ginger bias, okay. your NSYNC bias. No, the NSYNC Christmas album. That's that's all we're talking about. Yeah, it's amazing. I rather, rather put a gun to my head than <laughs> listen to that entire album. But I would say it's a tie between Nat King Cole and Bing Crosby for me. By the Classics. way, I had, I had no idea that that uh, "Baby It's Cold Outside" song is like a is a Me Too moment. Yeah, it's been banned on the radio. I think this is getting like really ridiculous. I mean, I I still like the song, but the lyrics are pretty bad. I was looking at the lyrics. I'm like, ah, all right, they are kind of bad. Well, I think people are like viewing them with. I mean, think about what the song was. I don't think it was meant to be as like rapey as people make it out to be. Well, yeah, like even like let it snow. It's like, hey, it's snowing outside. You better hang here and just have another drink. (laughs) I think that passed for seduction in 1951. (laughs) <laughs> yeah, no, exactly. Yeah, no, yeah. I still like... Tough and it was an elf, too. Yeah. I just never paid attention to the words, really, at all. No, I just like, I just like, oh, this makes me feel happy. Yeah, I'm just like, buddy, 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 boo. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> Goulet. Goulet. Yeah, I was totally Goulaying that song. Mm-hmm. <laughs> well, can't we just re-record the song with different lyrics? Yeah, just rewrite the lyrics. Just like, why don't we have a DiGiorno? (laughs) Or maybe watch another Netflix movie. No, but then Netflix and Chill will be considered too rapey. Oh, okay. So no Netflix and Chill. (laughs) (laughs) Is it safe? (laughs) Matt, I'll tell you, though, what I'm... There's two Christmas songs that always make me think of you and Aunt Susan. The Do they know yep, that one? Christmas time at all. Crush it. That's exactly one of them. And then the other one is the is the Bing Crosby, David Bowie, oh, Little that's Drummer the Boy. Best version. It's so good. I just Peace like on Earth. Can just it like any be Christmas song that sounds like it's fifty years old or more? Except for the rapey ones, of course. <laughs> uh, let me let me, fl- let me flip it. So, on. 
Well, GT, you haven't named your favorite artist. Was was it In Sync? Yeah, no, no. Well, that's the best album. Good clarification, no, Amanda. No, no. <laughs> but yeah, terrible. You know, correct. Terrible. Who's the old terrible, white man? Terrible. Who's the old white man that mom really? Likes? Andy Williams. Williams. Yeah, that's Andy my Williams favorite. Andy Williams. Nat King Cole, Bing Crosby. They're all basically the same person in my mind, <laughs> even though I know one's black. <laughs> uh, but on vinyl, they all sound the same to me. Yeah, it was a good trio. <laughs> um, all right, let me flip it on you. What's your who's your least? Well, what's your least favorite Christmas song? Simply having a wonderful yeah. Christmas the Paul time. McCartney one. That one's pretty bad. Well, I hate that one. Well, I don't hate it. I dislike it. YQ despises it. So, who out there likes that? Likes that one? I met someone the other day. who's like, I really love Paul McCartney's one. Ugh. I'm like, what? I'll tell you, yeah. this is not a song, but one artist I can't stand. I don't even want to call them an artist. It's a fucking Mannheim steamroller. I can't stand it. It's terrible. What's that? It's like that, like, I don't even know how like, to describe it. It's like, it's like hardcore instrumental. Oh, yeah. that's so bad. It's terrible. It's like a heavy metal guitar. Yeah. Yeah, who's listening to that? And it's like, oh, Yuletide. I'm a Dodge Ram. <laughs> um, I will say on Pandora the other day, because I put on like Christmas playlist or whatever that they have, there was a Run DMC Christmas song. How did that, you not know about that? that was, oh my God. Yeah. It's terrible. That was, that was pretty bad. I kind of like that one. <laughs> but I can't believe we're talking about worst Christmas sh- songs without talking about our favorite worst christmas, oh, christmas shoes christmas shoes no no that's that's the best the best christmas song i play that for regan she's like what the <laughs> hell is this like not telling you like oh it's kind of a joke she's like is that someone dying i'm like oh yeah mom's dying on christmas <laughs> but she needs shoes to be but i really shoes. enjoy seeing that while walking around the house <laughs> don't you and- Remember when it's we had so the, catchy. <laughs> remember when we had the debate as to whether the movie was made from the song? I, I forget. What is the real? What is the real answer? The, the movie it's written was written for the, the Rob Lowe movie. The no, movie. I okay, think the, so no, no. The movie was made from the song. I thought. <laughs> See, we still don't know. <laughs> it's like the chicken or the egg. Also, like he was asking me, she's like. So who is Rob Lowe in the movie? Is he the doctor? I'm like, no, he's in the store with the child. She's like, someone's in the store? Yeah, I'm like, the child's in the store pleading for the shoes Yeah, with the, the store clerk. And she's like, oh, Rob Lowe's the shoe salesman. I'm like, no, he's a he's, passerby. Yeah. He decides in the goodness of his heart to buy the shoes. Exactly. exactly. He's narrating the, the song. Exactly. It's like, listen to the words. Unlike what I failed to do for all my life with <laughs> Baby It's Cold Outside. I'm trying to figure this out. I thought the movie came I'm looking after it up right the now. song. I'm looking it up now. I think you're right. Yeah, I it's think, based on the I song. Think, I think it's based on the song. Spectacular. <laughs> it's been a bit of a Christmas shoes eagle season. <laughs> the best and the worst all rolled into one. Well, we well the Eagle season died before Christmas. <laughs> was the Eagle season based on the song or the other way around? <laughs> oh god! 
<laughs> they met Jesus before Christmas came. <laughs> oh, that song is terrible. Oh, so good. <laughs> I definitely like the classics more. Like any of the new Christmas songs, I'm like, meh. I can do without this. Except you probably love the Mariah Carey one. No, I'm sick of that one. Uh, I can't stand Mariah Carey. Oh, except when you believe. That's oh, amazing song. The Prince of Egypt? Oh, yeah. Oh, interesting choice. More of an Easter song. Yeah. Her and uh, Whitney. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You know, listen to that. You know, you've probably <laughs> forgotten about it, but it's spectacular. <laughs> All right. Oh, I have to do, I have to do one shout-out for the 12 people that listen to this. <laughs> probably now three. Uh, Jonathan Lee. If you're listening, this is your Christmas present. Present. I, t- I told you I'd give you a shout out on the podcast, so you're welcome. Woo, woo, Jonathan, Jonathan. Look how, at does he, how does he feel about Christmas shoes? I don't know. I'm gonna see him on Friday, so I'm gonna play it for everybody in case no one's heard it. <laughs> it is a classic. It's classically awful. Did you guys ever hear, this is nothing to do with Christmas, but similarly ridiculous cancer song, Sarah Beth by Rascal Flatts. If you're looking scared to death. Sarah Beth yeah. is scared to death. <laughs> that one is also terrible. Mm-hmm. Matt, you'll get a kick out of it. They're yeah, like, is what it, rhymes is with it, scared to is death? Is it as terrible as Crazy Rich Asians? <laughs> no, you'll actually like Sarah Beth because of oh, how God. terrible it is. Amanda, have you All seen right. CRA? Have you seen I have it? not. Have that. It got nominated tar- for like a SAG award, didn't it? Got nominated for a Golden Globe. <laughs> oh, Jesus. It's a really weird Golden Globe. What is, what is the world coming to for <laughs> bad movies? It's getting nominated just for the hell of it. It happens all the time. Remember Shakespeare in Love? Oh, <laughs> uh, those are the days. <laughs> <laughs> I quite enjoyed Shakespeare in Love. I was waiting for it. I was waiting for it. I thought it was charming. <laughs> that was delightful. <laughs> I'm like, as I said, I'm getting so old. I don't know what like half the movies are that are nominated. I'm like, what is this? Matt, are you watching Survivor tonight? Oh, is it the finale yet? Or just an no, hour? Second, second to last. All right. If it's just an hour, I'll watch. If it's I think, eight uh, hours, no. I'm, my, my pick, I haven't seen it yet tonight, but my pick is Kara to, to take it to the house. I Ugh. told you that you guys were mocking Ugh. me. I wasn't mocking you. I think she's, she's just like so kind annoying. Of I she's like her. Oh, I don't like her at all. What's wrong with her? She's just so boring. Eh. I can't that's, believe you think my boy, who's a social media manager, is boring. He's so adorable. Who, Davey? He's pretty boring. Yeah. Oh, I like Davey. He's, I wouldn't mind. It, if Davey, Christian, boring or Kara win, I'm good with either of those three. Yeah, I don't. I don't dislike Davey. I just don't think he's as exciting as you're making him out to be. You know who I miss, which I totally forgot about until you sent that Ringer, Ringer article, Matt, is who was the guy that got kicked out early? The lawyer. The guy Remember that him? kicked out early. Yeah, it was like Jeremy or something. And he was hilarious, but they kicked him out pretty early. You know, oh, yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. The, he, was, the, he was the one who was always straight-talking. Uh, yeah. The gay guy. The gay guy. Yeah, yeah, I yeah. I assume he's gay. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, no, he was great. I loved him. Yeah. 
Yeah. He's like who I want Davy to be, but Davy is just too boring to be him. I, I think he's so boring. I think Davy is equivalently appealing. Yeah, I like <laughs> Davy. I think Davy and Kara are equally likable. All right. I'm glad we can finally get you talking, Amanda. <laughs> we we woke her the f up <laughs> talking Christmas about Christmas dogs. Yeah. <laughs> exactly. Viva. <laughs> <laughs> if only I'm you were awake. talking about I'm baking awake. shows. I'm awake. I'm awake. I did it, guys. I haven't been awake this late in weeks. <laughs> I'm so proud of me. Alright. Well. Alright, well I bet so the you guys can probably guess what song I'm gonna use when I edit this. <laughs> Christmas, Christmas shoes, shoes, no doubt. Uh <laughs> All right. You gotta listen to Sarah Beth and tell us your thoughts. Just that's your assignment. (laughs) All right. See ya. Bye. Bye.